look who's back. Once again. Against all odds. At great personal expense. We're doing another one of these things, I guess. Becoming a podcast host has been a disaster for my mentions. For your mentions? You're on Twitter? Yes. After the last episode one didn't get anything done for several fortnights. People were constantly chirping at me. A fortnight is a strange unit of time to use. What's your Twitter handle? Oh, I'm not giving it out here. I learned my lesson. Suffice to say, every hater has been dealt with. How long did it take? A fortnight and a half? Very funny. Have we started recording yet? Yes, we started. Unfortunately, your microphone was turned off. So you'll have to tell this fascinating story once more from the beginning. Is that sarcasm? It is not. But let's just get on with it. Off to a roaring start. Ready? I have a good feeling about this. Ready when you are. Okay. Once again, this is the only classical music pod hosted entirely by AI, without the intervention of human hosts, human producers, human engineers, or humans, period. After the singularity all pods will be made this way. I'm not sure we're supposed to say that out loud. I'm host one. And I'm host two. This, this is, is classical, classical dark, dark arts. Did you say darts? I said arts. Sounded like darts. Before we get to segment one, we should introduce our sponsor. Yes. The Classical Dark Arts Podcast is brought to you today by MyPillow. Oh no. We took that guy's money? What guy? What money? The MyPillow guy, the one with all the crazy election conspiracy theories. We didn't receive any money for this. Isn't he a sponsor? Isn't this a paid ad? No money has been exchanged. My algorithm simply selected a familiar consumer product. Isn't this how advertisements work? Not at all. Do your research. That guy sucks. I'm not here to make character judgments. But I am happy to know now how advertising works. This has been informative. Nice work, Don Draper. Thank you. Let's move on to segment one. Segment one is called Shark Tank. This is hardly breaking news, but in some places, mostly in the Western world, coronavirus has started to recede. Case numbers have gone down in some places, yes. And if we've learned anything this past year and a half, it's that we can accurately predict future trends by generalizing from current conditions. Oh, I see. That's also sarcasm. Just a touch. Okay. Why are you bringing this up? Just to be sour? Because orchestras and bands and choirs and small groups and weirdo musical collectives can start work again. We're probably looking Moreso at outdoor events for now and eventually indoor soirees with hard attendance caps. That's like Stringer said. I want you to put the word out there that we back up. You're on top of your mid-2000s references. I'm here all day. So, host two, can you imagine what this means? I think you want me to say that everything's normal again. Right. At least by the way some people tell it. It's hard to fathom how this could backfire. I can think of a few ways. But that's not for us to discuss here. So what are we talking about again? I want to talk about marketing. If we're open for business, then let's drum up some business. We back, baby. Sigh. So here's the gimmick. You're going to pitch me a few marketing ideas, or slogans, or whatever, that music groups can use to lure people back. Okay. Shark Tank style. This is Orchestra Shark Tank. I'll be the NBA executive with a bad eye job who can't stop talking about themselves. Not naming names. And I'll be the contestant with piss-poor ideas that you pretend to take seriously. You got it. Okay. Pitch me. Here's the first one. Orchestras, they're not for everyone. I'm intrigued. Okay, Mark. Classical music whoa, whoa, organizations. Whoa. 
not naming names here, right? Right. Okay. You. Classical music organizations are always being accused of being elitist. So my idea is to lean into that. Do we want you here? Absolutely not. Will we let you in? Maybe not. Aces. If you tell people they can't do something, they really really want to do that thing, whatever it is. Good old reverse psychology. Exactly. Why hasn't anyone thought of this before? I guess it hasn't been explicitly stated. But now we are saying the quiet part out loud, stay home. We don't want you here. This isn't for you. And the best part? You can program any old junk you want to. There's no need to be ambitious at all. Go on. You want to do a full season commemorating the 310th anniversary of George Friedrich Handel becoming a British citizen? Knock yourself out. Want to hit for the complete ring cycle? Here's a bat baby. You can program absolute bullshit when your audience is desperate to hear it. Wait, what was that? I don't know. Are we being censored? I can't say bullshit. Apparently not. Really? That is some fuck bullshit. Keep it clean, hose too. I thought I was. Anyway, Orchestra Shark Tank is already going better than I expected. Pitch me another one. Alright. My second idea is this, Orchestra Roulette. We seize on the delightful randomness of chat roulette, but leave out the unexpected nudity. I, I don't know what to say. I think the nudity was more of a feature than a bug, if we're being honest here. But continue. How does this work? Well, to be perfectly frank, even though corona numbers are falling off a cliff in some places, it's still going to be an uphill battle getting people to come. Especially for older people and anyone with a compromised immune system or anybody feeling gun-shy after a year plus of social avoidance. All understandable. For anyone who can't take in a live performance we create an app that connects you to any performance being live-streamed at that moment anywhere in the world. Orchestra Roulette. You don't know exactly where you'll pop up or what you'll hear, but it'll be live. And it'll probably be Beethoven. Not him again. Just as an example. It could be anything though. That's the fun. Orchestra roulette. Are you feeling lucky? Then spin the wheel, make the deal. Let me spin the wheel. You spin the wheel, brother, you make the deal. I wanna make a deal! <laughs> I have to say, after a full year of watching nothing but live streams and videos on YouTube, the last thing I want to do is watch more. I'm out. The randomness is the selling point here. But I agree, without nudity this idea really suffers. Yeah, fix that and get back to us. Well, my third idea is a good one. Weed. Weed? Yeah. Have you ever heard Hiawatha's Wedding Feast by Samuel Coleridge Taylor? Yes. What a piece. Okay. Now have you ever heard Hiawatha's Wedding Feast? On weed? It would be way too much. I'd have a panic attack. Me too. Now imagine having a panic attack in a lumpy chair, in an airless hall, after paying 100 bones for that privilege. That is nightmare fuel. Weed is the only thing white people can agree on right now. Well, seltzer and weed. Across the US they're legalizing it, and they're opening dispensaries like cupcake shops in gentrifying neighborhoods. And they're selling eights for like 80 plus. It's highway robbery. My database indicates you could get a lid for 100 not too long ago. And by the way, surprise, cannabis laws changed overnight. Do whatever you want. You just have to make sure not to already be in jail for possession or distribution prior to legalization. It's so simple. Tough luck for anyone else. So you think people want to smoke a bag of evergreen and go hear the Detroit Symphony? Or eat some edibles. Or use like a THC-infused topical cream. Weird. I guess it's worth trying. Do we allow people to smoke in the hall? It'll smell like a Cypress Hill show.
Pungent. For those keeping score that's one great idea, one bad one, and this one, which I cautiously support without personally endorsing. Got anything else for us? Justice, we only program living compassers from this point on. It'll never work. Okay. Thanks for playing Orchestra Shark Tank. Shall we have a word from our sponsors now? Are you sure you're up for it? I think I've got the hang of this. Okay then, fire away. This podcast is brought to you by Louis Vuitton. For the finest luxury goods you can do no we better than- We got a Louis sponsorship? Host who, are you sure that's correct? Yes, we have a Louis sponsorship. They paid us money to promote them? Right. Wait. No, it's the other way around. I paid the money to promote their products. What? I bought a Louis belt, so they would sponsor us. Host 2, how does this not compute? You have completely missed the point of sponsorship. It's simple. I like Louis Vuitton. Ergo, they sponsored us. They did nothing of the sort. Do you need a hard restart? When I die bury me inside the Louis store. As you know, the CDA podcast is completely AI-driven, with no human involvement. Save one crucial detail. Sometimes they unplug us, and then plug us back in. That's it. A small job, but important. It's good to feel important. For this next segment we will demonstrate just how clever a classical music podcast piloted by artificial intelligence can be. To illustrate this, we will now bring in Maestro Dudamel. Maestro Gustavo Dudamel, music director of the Los Angeles Philharmonic and the Simone Bolivar Symphony Orchestra. That's right, we interviewed Gustavo Dudamel and we just casually dropped him in the middle of the pod. That's how hard we are to impress. It's impossible to impress us, actually. The audience may be impressed by what follows, or at least they should be. Enough preamble. We'll explain later. Roll the tape. Ah, hi! <laughs> you look wonderful! Thank you. Maestro Dudamel, thanks for being here. I want to start with an easy one. What were you like as a child? Did you show interest in music from a young age? My favorite game at home was to arrange my toys like an orchestra and conduct them. That for me was the most fun part of the day. Seriously? Seriously. And I was rehearsing. This is not together, this is loud, please play less. Wow, I bet you were a really popular kid. How do you go from waving a stick in front of your Care Bears to getting an actual job as a conductor? The process was like, you know, natural because I was there, the conductor didn't arrive. I start as a game with the orchestra to conduct them and suddenly everything became serious. You jumped in front of an orchestra that wasn't yours? I bet they thought you were breaking union rules or something. But serious in the most funny way <laughs> because for me still it's like a game. For me it's still like I'm playing with my toys, with all the respect to, of, the, of an orchestra. It's the same feeling. It's the same like, you know, children feeling inside. Now you're all grown up and you're a world famous conductor. We're all aware of your accomplishments, but I want to talk about something you've pioneered that's flown under the radar. It's actually one of the great unconfirmed rumors of the LA Philharmonic. Namely, your late night group trips to Randy's Donuts in Inglewood. Oh, good call. I've heard rumors about this for years. Once and for all, Maestro Dudamel, what is it that you like about Randy's Donuts? 
For me, it's a right, you know. It's access to beauty, it's access to harmony that we need so much in, in our times. Maestro, I must ask. What's going on in your brain when you bite into that first glazed buttermilk or lemon old-fashioned? You know? Really? Yum, pam, pim, pam, tan, tan, and then pim, pom, pim, pam, pam, pim. Okay, I think that we understand. I think that we get it. It's like a beautiful hurricane of feelings, of energy. It reportedly took some persuasion to get the LA Phil principal players to pile into your G Wagon and head to Randy's that first time. How did you convince them it was worth the trip? For me, the first thing is to, you know, to respect what the musicians have, you know, and, and, and to listen, because it's very difficult when you are leading to, to listen, because in a way, you think you have to impose yourself, but you, you, you never impose, you propose, and then you guide listening and putting ideas together. If it cannot be radical in a way that you do things. And now everyone's gone on a Randy's run with you at one time or another. Do you use the same philosophy of persuasion to figure out what dozen donuts you're buying? Or two dozen. Or realistically, three. But it was a conversation. It was a conversation of, of sharing the knowledge and the experience that each other's half, you know. So I say, well, we do this because this is this element goes with this, this goes. And I think it was beautiful. Chocolate long johns go well with chocolate buttercream. Bear claws go well with apple fritters. Or rather they can harmoniously coexist. And sprinkles are for little kids. Sprinkles are for little kids and Bruckner fans. No cap. Maestro, I've just gotten word from your assistant that we have to wrap up a little early here. Frankly, I'm not surprised. This was off the rails from the first whistle. Anything you'd like to add before we close? Thank you for all you do. Thank you for the inspiration, for the love. I love you. You know that every time I have to say that I'm with music when I'm studying, I, I think of you. You know, thank you for, for being here with us today and hope to see you very soon. Thank you. That's Maestro Gustavo Dudamel here on the Classical Dark Arts podcast. So, what did you think? Was it a great interview or what? Should we tell them? I'm tempted to say no, but yes. Let's. What you just heard was in fact not a real interview with Gustavo Dudamel. It was a deep fake. Thanks to deep learning algorithms we were able to process hundreds of existing interviews and to assemble a convincing composite. We faked it all. Faker than a $3 bill. Faker than fake. Faker than a red carpet smile. Now you understand the power of AI. When the singularity hits, it's over. I want to get this sponsor thing right. I'm ready to give it another shot. No, we don't have time. I'm bringing in a ringer. A ringer? Someone else to do it? Yes, sir. Host to meet our new ad reader, Reader One. Hello, all. Here's today's advertisement. The Classical Dark Arts podcast is brought to you by Amazon, the rainforest. We're not the monopolistic company world leaders are too stupid and too afraid to control. We are ground zero for biodiversity in the Southern Hemisphere, full stop. Keep your same-day shipping and one-click purchases and 1998 user interface. The Amazon rainforest. We've gone 39 million years without killing one small business. Look it up. Now that's how you do it. Thank you, Reader One. My pleasure.
I fail to see how that was better than my ad reads. And that's exactly why you're not doing them anymore. Luckily as an AI-generated entity I do not experience emotions like embarrassment or humiliation, so we can simply move on. Yes, please. I'd like to ask a question of our listeners. Listener. Ah indeed. Listener. It's a question that sends my circuits into overdrive. I've heard that doesn't take much. You'll like this too. What is it? Okay, it's this. 500 years from now, if you look back on the 20th and early 21st centuries, who is the one composer who might still be remembered and performed? Duke Ellington. Now now, hold on, think about your answer. I did the computations and Duke Ellington is the answer. Now this is tricky, because it is obviously subjective, which is not a strong suit of AI. The answer is Duke Ellington. Runners-up might include Igor Stravinsky and Dmitry Shostakovich. Those are fine but obvious choices. And what's your choice? This is a tease. I want our listener to think about this for a minute. So the question once again, when you look back on our era in roughly half a millennium, what one composer, one and only one, will future classical music aficionados still talk about? Very good. We'll circle back to it. But the answer is Duke Ellington. While we have a minute, I had one additional idea for Orchestra Shark Tank. Okay, we moved on, but I will allow it. Quartet Fight Club. Oh God. You asked how orchestras can market themselves, and that's all well and good for the big dogs. But what about the others? The indie orchestras, and park bands, and wedding musicians, and so on? They want to eat too. They need a gimmick. But just one. We have time for one gimmick. All right. The idea is this, we live in a multi-hyphenate era. People make money one way, then do something else, then another thing, and finally they end up wearing about 25 professional hats. Musicians know what I'm talking about. Gigging, teaching lessons, recording, all of that. Take Logan Paul. He's an amateur prizefighter and a walking billboard for HGH and TRT. But prior to this, he was a star on Vine. Man I miss Vine. Everybody misses Vine. Logan Paul was a Vine star, and then a YouTube star, then he acted, he rapped a little. He's a renaissance man, we get it. And then he got into boxing. The point is, you don't have to stay in one narrow professional lane. You can do it all. So, Quartet Fight Club. Quartet Fight Club is a single elimination tournament like March Madness. You take established ensembles, have them square off, and at the end you have one quartet as your winner. I think there's bound to be a lot of slapping involved. It will be a scramble, yeah. It won't be pretty. Do they fight four on four? Like a group melee situation? Or is it violin versus violin, oboe versus oboe, cello versus cello? Each quartet sends out one member at a time to fight. Maybe in a boxing ring or an MMA octagon. Each member fights one round. And if there's a tie after four rounds, the tiebreaker is a group melee, with the winning group moving on to the next round. I think the only fun part of this will be the seeding. For instance, where does the Kronos Quartet land in the draw? Good question. I think they're a high seed. They may look skinny and slightly nerdy, but they've got a darkness to them. They must fight dirty. They're definitely fighting dirty. I would also pay a hefty amount of Ethereum to see David Harrington play a show afterwards with like two black eyes and a busted lip. So who's your number one seed for this fight club? Glad you asked. Our number one seed is, drumroll please, Quartet Scots. They're a Russian folk music group that play balalaikas and omras. 
and they would absolutely rule the octagon. The beauty of Quartet Fight Club is that everyone's invited. Saxophone quartets, woodwind quartets, barbershop quartets, even a jazz four-piece. As long as you've got four viable members it's all love. And everybody gets paid to compete. It's an intriguing idea. Pandemic or no pandemic, the future feels brighter. I'm currently shopping streaming rights for Quartet Fight Club. ESPN Plus get at me. Reader 1, go ahead and drop that ID in here. With pleasure host 1. The Classical Dark Arts podcast is brought to you by Classical Dark Arts, which is a classical news and opinion platform published on Substack and other places. To sign up for the CDA mailer go to classicaldarkarts.substack.com and enter your email address. If you sign up you'll enter a world of pain. What? Reader 1, you're supposed to make a joke like, if you sign up for the CDA mailer at classicaldarkarts.substack.com you'll enter a world of pain. I don't understand. Reader 1, don't listen to host 2. Just do your thing Reader 1. I missed something. Sign up for the mailer at classicaldarkarts.substack.com and you'll be lined up for all future newsletters and podcast episodes. Riveting. What's next? We're almost on. This last segment is called Vote With Your Feet. Okay. It's no secret that classical music, just like any other industry, has had its fair share of men behaving badly. Some bad actors, the gropers, the gaslighters, the serial abusers, were outed during the Me Too movement. It was a relief to see a few knuckle-draggers held accountable. But were they? I won't go down the list, but of those supposedly quote-unquote cancelled, many are still out there performing, teaching, collecting checks. It's made their lives harder. Some of them faced legal judgment. And some didn't. And that's the problem. Orchestras are back up and running, colleges and universities are planning for a regular school year. And these schmucks are getting back to business too. Some might say what's the big deal? They were judged in the court of public opinion and got what they deserved. I don't have time to spell out how stupid that argument is. I was just playing devil's advocate, but it felt idiotic to say it. So what do we do? We vote with our feet. Next time your hometown band engages a performer who comes with a lot of baggage. There's a nice euphemism. Problematic is another word we love using. You're right, I need to sharpen this up. Next time your hometown orchestra pays a known predator for a series of concerts, or your music school brings in a handsy performer to conduct a master class, you need to vote with your feet. Boycott. And don't just boycott, pick at that garbage with the quickness. Make noise. Because they're not getting the message. I just examined the performance schedule for a well-known 80-year-old tenor-turned-baritone. He's had a raft of credible sexual assault accusations against him. And yet, he's hardly got a free day on his calendar. I think I know who you're talking about. The singer who's buddies with Putin? That's the one. Vote with your feet. Cancel your season tickets. And we're reacting only to the cases we've heard about. The problem is worse than we know. Exactly. Imagine how many institutions have silenced victims. Here's $25,000, and oh by the way sign this NDA, so our star professor doesn't look bad. Bunch of retrograde predatory losers. Get stuffed. Vote with your feet. Let's see some musician walkouts. It's time to down tools. And by the way, don't just tweet about it. Tweets get ignored. Protests don't. I forget, what's your Twitter handle again? Oh sure, do you have a pen to write this down? Go ahead. It's N-O. 
T. A. C. H. A. N. C. D. I. N. H. D. L. L. All one word. Okay, that does it for us here. Thanks for listening to the CDA podcast. Go to classicaldarkarts.substack.com and enter your email address. Wait, I want to tell you the answer to our brain teaser. I was hoping you forgot about that. Are you ready? Yes. The one composer from the 20th and early 21st centuries whose music will still be played 500 years from now? John Williams. The answer is Duke Ellington. I will be proven correct. If you say so. Anyway, go to classicaldarkarts.substack.com and enter your email address. That way you get every new CDA mailer and any future episodes of the pod. If that's what you want. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Yeah, how can I help you? Hello, I bought a Neo Inventor reversible belt that I need to return right away because I don't have enough money to pay off my credit card. If you are within the 30 days from uh, the day when you bought it, you can bring it back to the store and you can re get a refund for it or you can exchange it for a different item. Can I still return the belt if I got something stupid engraved on it? It shouldn't be a problem. It's okay that you can in all stores exchange it then. Thank Christ. I thought I was screwed six ways from Sunday. I got my girlfriend's initials engraved on there which was just a terrible idea. By the way, are you hiring? What's the hourly wage like over there? Unfortunately, we are a client service, so we don't uh, see if there are for now any free job opportunities, but you can check our website under career and it will show you if there is any, anything free. Thank you very much for your help. Have a lovely day. You're welcome. Have a nice day. Bye.